Hey friends, welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. Now, this isn't only the theme of this podcast, but it's also the real story of our actual lives. There's no doubt, life can be messy, but God meets us in those trenches and refuses to leave us there. Well, I am Jen Jewell, the host of this conversation style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. And I have my friend and co-host Amy Groeschel back with us today. So whether you're joining us from your desk or on the subway, or maybe you're running errands or scrubbing dishes, or you're out for a little run, honestly, we are thrilled to have you here. And no matter your story, your background, your mess, we want you to know there's a God who not only created you, but is absolutely crazy about you. So The Messy Table is partnered with our church, Life Church, and our sister's ministry, as well as the incredible women from all over who bravely offer their powerful stories so that we might learn from their unique perspectives. Stories have the potential to break open our hearts and insert fresh wisdom, compassion, understanding, and love. And here, our only real agenda is to provide an honest space where we can all take a deep, intentional breath of truth and encouragement. Guys, if you don't already know, we're also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app, the timeless Word of God intersecting with modern convenience. Listen, if you don't already have that downloaded to your phone, you are missing out. You can get it from the App Store, and while you're at it, subscribe to The Messy Table in Apple Podcasts or Google Play, all of which are completely free. Well, today for episode 56, Amy Groeschel and I are sitting down with a passionate woman of God. Sherry Yates is a wife, girl mama, author, and ministry leader who shares openly and wholeheartedly about overcoming her long-term identity crisis after years of rejection, abuse, and striving to find her worth in the things of this world, which only left her empty. Y'all, Sherry has experienced true freedom, which is exactly why she will not stay silent and why she's compelled to share her story with us today. So grab your coffee, pull the chair, and join Amy and me as we chat with Sherry. Sherry, welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We're glad you're here. This is a super cool podcast episode for me because Sherry and I, not only do we go pretty far back, 14 plus minus years of like really starting to know each other uh, just through Bible studies and things at Life Church, but over the years, we've written Bible studies together. We've had our kids, our girls growing up together as best friends, and then we've been prayer partners and and really just adopted each other as sisters. We're sisters <laughs> in Christ, but we we adopt each other as you know family sisters. So I love that my prayer partner, my adopted sister, is here with us today. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. It means a lot that you asked me. Y'all are going to be blessed today. Sherry, I know a lot about you. Tell our listeners all about your life. I'll give you a quick overview. Um, I've been married almost 21 years to my favorite person. He's my favorite. He's so much like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm not sure I'm really safe. I'm glad you like him. (laughs) Right? Um, I have three girls, or we have three girls, and they're all in their teens. They're wonderful. I love them so much. And I'm waiting on my sons. 
I'm nervous about those empty nester years that are coming up. I can feel the grief coming on. And so mm-hmm. I'm really having to battle those thoughts and those feelings. It's so emotional. You don't mm-hmm. know what it's like until you get there. And then you want to apologize to mm-hmm. your parents, your friends, et cetera. Yeah, so. You said you're waiting on your sons. Do you mean like son-in-laws one day? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was like, wait, are you adopting? And grandsons. No. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like grandkids instead of yeah. uh, new kids is a good place to start. Okay. So... I love to play catch. I know it sounds crazy. I play catch all the time. I love to throw the ball around the house, watch movies. So I love to play cards and be outside about four days a year in Oklahoma. (laughs) Other states, maybe a little bit more, but I'm not really, I don't like the heat. Those few perfect days. I call those California days when it's the weather's just right and it's sunny. I'm going to steal that from you. Mm -hmm. My four California days in Oklahoma. (laughs) That's right. Um, I really dislike hiking where there's bears and lions and cougars and Mm. stuff like that. I just feel like we go to Colorado in the summer (laughs) and I'm like, I'm going to just watch a movie. Y'all go ahead. Not your thing, huh? Uh, my husband and I. So you don't want to go camping for 10 days this summer with our family Never. in Colorado? <laughs> nope. That sounds horrible. Nope. Horrible. She'll meet you at the restaurant Where you have later. to put your food <laughs> in a bear box, you know, when to you're be ready. sure. Yeah, no, no. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. In a bear box? Uh, yeah, to be sure that they don't come and take over the camp. Oh, right. That's and smart. That is ridiculous. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm out. In the mountains, in the winter, I would join you. Okay. I love the winter. Mountains, when everybody's so. hibernating. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I, we own a consulting firm and we outsource some mortgage servicing operational things. And that's really above my pay grade because my husband knows all that stuff. And I can just kind of ride the low waves with him and understanding what we do exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have a small ministry and nothing starts large. It all starts with small mm-hmm. seeds which is great because we raise up some youth and we pray over our city. We've been praying over our city and state over six and a half years. It's a mighty ministry and size is, if you look at the spiritual return, it's mighty. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good word. Don't despise small beginnings or any work, really. Right. Big vision. Mm -hmm. You do a lot there. We need to talk about that a little later because I want want our listeners to hear a, a little bit about just your steps of faith into your yes. your ministries. The seed does not come back void. God's word. So anytime it's sent out, it doesn't come back void. So it it's doesn't. doing something. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yes. <laughs> I homeschool my kids, but really they're homeschooling themselves at this point. They're so <laughs> old that they do a lot of self-study and a lot of club courses. So I am in the home free here. Yes. It's awesome. But I loved having them at home and homeschooling them. And mostly I love the word and hearing their treasures. The Did you homeschool all the way through? I started when my oldest was in the second grade. Okay. Yeah. I felt called to homeschool before that, but I really wasn't interested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Lord finally aligned my interest with his will. Mm -hmm. I think how he does that. He's so good. (laughs) He's so kind. (laughs) And it was in perfect timing. Awesome. Well, obviously, this is the messy table um, where we intentionally take some time to remember God's faithfulness in our own stories. And often it comes from the trenches, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is that for you? When has there been a time or a season or maybe many seasons where God has faithfully met you in your mess? It's a good question. I have so many messes. You know, my (laughs) husband told me, you know, in the last few years, it's really messy, but you don't really see the mess. You always see the opportunity for God to overcome mm. and you don't focus on the mess anymore. And I love that. It just shows you where where I came from and where I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to back up and tell you a little bit about myself. When I was three years old, my dad was an alcoholic and he just disappeared from our lives. And I didn't really get to know him again until I was an adult. Mm. 
So that really left this mark of rejection. Mm-hmm. I remember just being this little girl and I would literally had this candle he had given me and I would literally hold that candle and I would just be like, I want my daddy. You know, mm-hmm. I want my daddy. Why did my daddy leave me? Mm-hmm. And rejection is deep. Mm-hmm. You know, it can take a lot of space in your heart yes. and create this deep root that you carry forever. And I feel like I have worked to overcome that all of my life. I have great levels of overcoming. And then I find that there's a new level and it's like an onion. I think God just keeps healing and keeps healing. We mm-hmm. don't even understand. Mm-hmm. So then my mom remarried and my stepdad, after I had received Christ when I was 10 years old, literally the same year I had received Christ, my stepdad started molesting me in our own home. Mm. And that went on for four years sporadically. It was never consistent. I couldn't plan on it. When I got older, uh, when I was about 13, I took wood shop class and I built myself this big old chest. And at night, I would shove that against my door. Mm. I built it to protect myself. It was like, I don't really have any other way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you never told anyone? I didn't. Mm -mm. I was really ashamed. Yeah. Um, did you feel like it was your fault? Which, of course, it isn't. I mean, you do feel like that because you your mind tries to understand. Sure. So you mm-hmm. try to think, like, why did this happen? But mm-hmm. he actually talked to me about it and threatened me and said, if you ever mm-hmm. tell anyone, no one will ever trust you or believe you. And just put those seeds of doubt in my head. And that's what I've learned abusers do mm-hmm. is they try to come up over you and control you. So when I was 14 years old, I decided I had enough. So I confronted it pretty harshly. I'm not going to share any details on how I did that, but I confronted that and it stopped. And I believe today I have a voice because I stood up to my abuser when I was 14 years old. My voice was silenced those four years, Mm -hmm. but my voice came out when I turned 14. So it was pretty amazing. I was basically saved when I was 10, but under all of this, every day I would wake up and just have to pretend like my life was okay and kind of just almost compartmentalize. I think I almost said that's one life and this is the other life. Mm -hmm. And I could have joy and happiness all day long and then go home and have that turmoil at night. It was just almost Mm -hmm. night and day. So it took me a really long time to overcome that as well. But God... Mm-hmm. God is the ultimate restorer. And I didn't walk with the Lord for a long time. I was seeking for healing, but I didn't find it in the Lord at that time. I would find it in everything else. I mm-hmm. found it in shopping and in guys and dating. And anyone who would make me feel loved or valued, I would pursue that and step into it mm-hmm. because I just wanted to be loved and accepted. You know, we know love covers a multitude of wrongs and sins. Well, Mm -hmm. that love from people was covering shame and just the dark places, Mm -hmm. but they weren't healed. Right. I was very cracked and very broken. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you say that although you had received Christ, just your background in the church and in that walk with Christ, that you just weren't rooted and grounded yet? Absolutely. I had no grounding. The only grounding I had was an insurance policy. I basically knew that I accepted Christ so that I didn't go to hell. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, so you kind of grew up going to church a little bit? I didn't. My grandma loved Jesus. So Mm -hmm. she taught me about Jesus. Okay. For as long as I can remember, I always knew that Jesus loved me. Mm -hmm. 
And when we moved to Oklahoma, that's what happened. We moved to Oklahoma and my grandma's like, you know, get in the phone book, call this denominational church (laughs) and a church bus from like 15 miles away came and picked me up. And so I went to church by myself. And you were how old? I started when I was nine. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my grandma sowed those seeds. But I didn't have any revelation. I had Mm. no truth. I would open the Bible and I had no idea what it said. I had a King James. I'm like, thine thou, thou love. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. would struggle in Sunday school class. They would be like, okay, everyone what take a turn reading. What is Yeah, I would be looking at <laughs> my Bible like ahead of time. I had no idea what anybody said. I'm trying to read. What are these words? Nehemiah? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it was brutal. But I never really had any truth. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Jen, that I was a believer. Mm-hmm. I believed You know, it was probably about 16 years in there. And I would say that I was a believer one year, 16 times. I was really just lost, searching, Mm -hmm. searching for more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's so crazy because I think God worked in that confession of faith, Mm -hmm. even though I was lost and Mm -hmm. sinning. And I didn't even look like I was set apart or holy Mm -hmm. in his side. I didn't even look like I knew God. I think that he was working because five months before my stepdad died, I forgave him. Mm. Not a humanly forgiveness, like supernatural. It set me free. I don't even know how I woke up in the middle of the night and I knew I was just like, I forgive you. It was crazy. I'm just like, you know, I'm living this. He died five months before he passed. So did you ever tell him that or was it more just personally in your own heart? You were able to let go. It was in my own heart. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little bit of regret, not really regret. I wish I had written him a note because Mm -hmm. I considered writing him a note and saying, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he was going to pass away. And in hindsight, you know, after tons of years, a lot of years, you know, just like maybe even five years ago, Mm -hmm. I started to actually have compassion for him for the first time. Mm -hmm. I don't think he knew God. I mean, he was just lost. He's lost like I was before I knew Christ. And so... I'm thankful that the Lord somehow allowed me to supernaturally forgive him. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big growth deal. Huge deal. So that's a little bit of my lifelong mess, but it really is what started to spur on my passion. Yeah. So when did you begin to start getting that rooted and grounding in truth and in the word and through the church and believers around you? And when did everything kind of change spiritually? I was about 26, and I felt like I was at the end of myself, just almost laying in a gutter, just like, Lord, what am I doing? I was Mm. at the top of my career at that time. I mean, how far Mm -hmm. can you be in your career at 26? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, felt like you were. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm a CPA. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I became that. It's not, like, it's not in my <laughs> not DNA. Your personality. Really. It's not my personality. <laughs> but because it's not my personality, every client offered me a job because they're like, oh, your CPA with skills and you have personality. We want to hire you. <laughs> so I had a really great career, but I just literally was empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so empty. I had tried absolutely everything. And I was thankful to work with this guy named Rhett, who is a pastor now. He was my experienced staff, and he loved the Lord, Mm -hmm. and love just poured out. And it wasn't lustful love, romantic love. It was different, like a love that I had never experienced. So 
he started just teaching me, hey, do you know what Eros is? Do you know what Phileo is? Do you know what all these loves are? And he got to agape and said, agape is God's kind of love. And I realized, oh, that's what he has Mm -hmm. on him. You know, those people, they just know God and you know they have something that you don't have and you want what they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I want people to see me today. Mm-hmm. I want to radiate God through my eyes. Well, thankfully, Rhett did that. And I was just praying one day and I felt like I heard the Lord say, you left your first love. And it was like a rock hit me in the head. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I just went to a church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just went to a church and I liked the music and I just stayed and I basically started cutting out every friend that didn't walk with the Lord because I knew that I needed to turn away from everything and turn toward the Lord. And I just started running. Mm-hmm. And that is literally the change in my life. I just started running. I was like, I don't know what else to do, but I'm going to run towards you. Mm-hmm. What I realize now is that it didn't take my running because I started running and over-serving and kind of got tired. But really, all it takes is just the turn. Mm-hmm. Right. It yeah. only takes a turn. He's yeah. pursuing you. It's not, I mean, yes, we are supposed to pursue God, but it's almost that natural overflow that happens when he grabs our hearts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's he, what it is. He was always pursuing you. And you had a heart from your childhood, that seed of to know God. You just didn't know the way. Yeah. And so now I'm hearing like that now you're looking to the father and recognizing you're empty without him. You need he's the answer. He pursues us. He's so good. And he initiates in our life. And then you turned. That's such a beautiful, powerful word. And then you started running toward him. But yes, I know what you're getting at because we've talked about it before. So you're saying that in the, okay, everything, Jesus and God and church and get everything else of the world out of the way, some religious Christian things tripped you up. So right mm. off the bat, yeah, I became so religious. Uh-huh. Oh, like I am so good. You know, everybody should do Serve what yourself I'm doing. into yes. righteousness. Yeah. Yes. Mm. You can read your Bible into righteousness. I mean, every work is religion. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So you faced rejection, isolation, disappointment, abuse, all of these things, which can absolutely hang you up. I mean, people get stuck for years and years and years Mm -hmm. in these things. But even good things can Mm -hmm. trip us up, too, if we're Mm -hmm. trying to do it on our own, trying to pursue perfection or kind of that legalistic obligations and keep up. Right. And maybe some of that's rooted in that rejection. So I don't want the father to reject me. So I need to be good enough for him. And you know what's crazy is that a few years after that, I was just running. And my aunt, my I loved her so much. She was sick with cancer and not doing well. She was 43 years old. And she said to me, you know, because I was trying to make sure, like, are you saved? And how are you? I didn't really know that much about God at the time. And she looked at me and she said, I'm saved. I know God. And I know what His Word says. If I live, I win. If I die, I win. And I I was just like, what in the world? I just brought me to my knees. I'm like, I don't think I'm a Christian. I couldn't say that right now. And I went to the pastor or the church I was going to, and I was just like, I think I need to be saved. Like, <laughs> I think I'm working for my salvation mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I was saved still, but... There's just layers of knowing God. Every year is a new year of freedom, a new year of depth, a new year of knowing His heart and becoming like Mm -hmm. Him. And so 
that's really my journey. And that was a chain that was tied to you. Mm -hmm. It was. Was Mm -hmm. that striving? Because I wanted to get away from what I had done on my own. And it's like you almost switch immediately. Like, well, I've done all the bad things on my own. Now I'm going to switch to doing good things on my own. Kind of make up for it. Wow. Maybe Mm. this will make me good. Mm. Maybe this will make my life better. And my life was better. Mm. But your life is best when it's at rest in Him. And that's another level. Oh, I just want to cry and then shout and and, and, and <laughs> preach right now. And I know Sherry probably does too, so I'm going to let her talk, but I just need to say like what you just said. Oh my goodness. I just know listeners identify with this because it's a weapon that the enemy tries to hurl against our lives is mm-hmm. that we have to do something to be enough. So just, yeah, continue. But this is so powerful that mm-hmm. we it, it is in the rest. It isn't in the striving. It isn't in the works or efforts. And so Mm-hmm. And Jesus blew that out of the water when he came. Yeah. You know, he was saying things to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders that they were like, what? You're not doing the proper hand washing ceremony or you're not. Right. Why are you healing someone on the Sabbath? Which I think is hilarious. Like, yes. <laughs> if it were them, they would be so thrilled to be healed no matter when it is. But But man, we can still do the same thing today. We can get tied up in these religious chains of, I need to do this. I don't need to do this. And yes, God does offer wisdom for us to live in the most joyful way. Like, this is how I designed you. This is how life works best. But we're freed from that as well. You know it's works when you think you're better than someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is easy to seep in when you get free from all those chains and then you start really knowing God and falling in love with Him and and you're reading your Bible and then you start to look at sin and and it reminds you of your old self. And you kind of think like, oh, I don't want to be like that anymore. And we almost become defensive. There's like a season of self-righteousness and defensiveness because it's like, well, I don't want to go back there. It's almost like you're not far enough away from that line, you know, to know that you're completely free you're too close to it and you kind of feel like, keep that away from me. Mm -hmm. And you cannot be a minister in that. I think maybe that's why Paul waited, you know, 11 to 14 years before he really began to minister. Because when you do finally move and act and do and work and serve, it has to be out of the overflow. Mm -hmm. You can't give out of your reserves. That's when you become critical and frustrated and weary. It's when you're giving out of Mm -hmm. the reserve. And that's that's the Lord. But out of the overflow, action does eventually come, mm-hmm. right? right? And there are so some it, things that need to be cut rest- out. Like you were talking about cutting some friends out of your life when you first became mm-hmm. a Christian. And you know what? At that season, that's what you needed for mm-hmm. you to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, now you might have a different perspective, like bring them in, let them come right. to my house, oh, yeah. sit at my yeah. table, let, you know, let me love you. It's God. It's just yeah. the more you know him, mm-hmm. you know, love God and love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you broke out of that legalism and works and and into some freedom at some point, obviously, because I know I know you you're so free from that. I pretty much know when that was. I had just an encounter with the Lord one night where it was like I really realized I knew he had forgiven me, mm-hmm. but I had this encounter where I realized I could forgive myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really big deal because when you're still reminding God of your past and your mistakes and everything that's been in the back, you're forgetting that the old is gone and the new mm-hmm. has come. Yes. And you cannot truly live and love until 
you step into the newness. Mm -hmm. And that night I knew, I mean, I felt the Lord. I felt his presence. I felt him just saying like, I forgive you. Why don't you? You know, stop reminding me of this. I could not drive. I had to pull over my car for two hours. I was weeping. I, had, I think I had one little baby at home at this point. And I remember um, my husband saying, who are you? What changed? You are a totally different woman. It's like I got a new wife. Amazing. So I think that was when it started to, I really got grace. I really received. It was like a whoosh. Mm-hmm. It was like I felt washed and new and really, really, really Wow. Well, I think someone needs to hear that right now. Mm -hmm. God saying, I've forgiven you. Now, I mean, if if you're calling on the name of the Lord, of course, Mm -hmm. I've forgiven you. Now, why don't you forgive yourself? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's powerful. It's time. Be free. Yes. He's died to set us free. The spirit of the Lord is freedom. That's right. And if you don't feel it right now, that's okay. Because we don't always feel things right away, right? Like in this moment, you're having this mind shift, but also kind of an emotional moment. But for mm-hmm. some people, it might not be an emotional moment right. yet. It might yeah. be, I need to just hear it mm-hmm. and believe it and remind myself day after day right. after day until it seeps in. Yeah. Sometimes just I just tell it. people to draw a line in the carpet with their foot and step over it mm-hmm. and say, I forgive myself. I'm leaving the past behind and do that every day until yeah. you really have done it. Right. You know, I recently heard that Over and over again, a a woman who does ministry to women, she said the most common thing that she hears from the women that she ministers to is their difficulty getting over uh, the past, the shame of their past. So this is this is so powerful because that is not from God. That is not Christ came to finish that work of defeating Mm -hmm. our sin and our shame. It is finished. It is finished. And there is freedom now, and all things um, have become new. So, um, yeah, I think that's a powerful word for us just to grab hold of in this. But because of all of the mess of, of the past and the pain and the and the baggage of that, I know that God has done beautiful things the way that He's worked in your life and, and turned it into, um, you know, your pain into your passion and your mess into your ministry. And so tell us about how God has worked in your life and what you do now because of what He's done in your life. I have a really strong passion to see every person know God. First mm-hmm. of all, just know mm-hmm. God, surrender mm-hmm. their life to Him and begin to know Him. Um, because I spent so many years in church and I never really knew God. Mm-hmm. And then my strongest passion is for everyone to know their identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. My handle is IDNJC, identity in Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time, but it's true. It's like you are a daughter of God. I mean, it's such a big deal. John 1, 12 and 13 says, you're no longer a product of man's decision, but you now have been given the right to become a child of God. Right. And so really knowing your identity, I know I'm a daughter. I know I'm loved. I call out to Abba because he's my father. And that's my word for daddy, right? It's mm-hmm. like he is. And so I long for people to know that because I want them to walk in the freedom that I walk in today. Mm-hmm. I don't want their past to hold them back like mine did. And so I do everything that I can pretty much to help people do that. Mm-hmm. So we have a saying, it's www.do. When you know who God is, when you know who you are, and you know what you have, you know what to do. So we talked earlier about doing and running or whatever, mm-hmm. but this is a different 
kind mm-hmm. of doing. Kind of overflow. Yes. It's the overflow. It's yeah. because you know mm-hmm. and you're established and you have that foundation. And so what the Lord has been working on my heart with, you know, it's easy to love those people who love you, who care about you. But do you really know how to love the people who hate you, the people you're afraid of, mm-hmm. your enemies? Do you really know how to love them? Mm-hmm. And I know, Amy, you can probably speak into this even more. But anyone who knows you, they know that you are someone who you would give the shirt off your back. You will go above and beyond. You want people to feel known. I know, Amy, that you guys wow. have been friends for so long that you yeah. see that lived out. And she's probably not going to say it herself. Yeah, so right. what are some ways that you just see her living this out? Oh, yes. I witnessed it. Oh, we get to cry. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, that's okay. Crying is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's good for your body. That's but right. But those salty tears. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I know that Sherry just lives this day in and day out. And it passes on to her family and those that she disciples as well. But every day, whatever person she is with, her child, her husband, the cashier, the waiter, the waitress, it, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, just somebody that, that looks like they need some encouragement. Sherry is has learned just to be bold and, and not just bold, but it's because of the love of Christ and sees people now more closely to how Jesus truly sees them that everywhere she goes is um, her heart is to add value, to minister, to love, to serve. And I, I'm going to get to where you can talk again, Sherry, but I, I could go <laughs> on and on literally. But when you talk about knowing God, I want you to give some maybe advice of of what that's looked like for you growing and knowing the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that one of the things, because we've talked about it many times, is just the amount of time that you just poured in to your heart and soul and mind, the Word of God, just lived in the Word of God in prayer. So also, if we can remember after that, how did you become that just girl that goes around just loving on people? Girl on fire. Girl on fire, loving on people. Loving. I love that. And I want to add in, sorry if this is yeah. like a billion questions building up to your answer, but people, especially who have experienced rejection and just a deep pain, abuse, build walls around themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's huge and such a testament to the Holy Spirit that you are the way that you are. You're just on fire and those walls are down. Like mm-hmm. you are not chained to anything. Mm-hmm. And so alongside of your question, you know, how did you come to know God and get out of that to where you are now? Okay. Yeah. I think I want to start with seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. You know, I talked to my great aunt Betty you know, she was 83, and I'm like, how have you lived a life clung to the Lord all these years? And that's the advice she gave me. And I feel like that is the key for starters. Seek first mm-hmm. God. And I'm not talking about get up in the morning and have your five minutes and pray. Checkbox. It's mm-hmm. all day, every day. Seek first before I drive, before Just I your park, heart. Before, yeah. Yes, my, my heart is in a position that God is really first. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to know you. So I kind of said that in a churchy way because I used a verse. So seek first the kingdom of God. But this is what it means. It means to just say, God, I have to know you. I mm-hmm. refuse to not know you. Amen. I'm establishing in my heart that I'm going to know you and love you all the yeah. days of my heart. And it's really me. me. Show yeah. me. It's me surrendering yeah. my will, right? Yeah. Your will is part of your soul. So I surrender my will, Lord, and I have to know you. Yes. I will do whatever it takes. 
And so I just started reading my Bible. I would read all night. I'd stay up nights, read the Bible, and I it started to make sense to me. I got a different version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it suddenly made sense. And I was just like, oh, my word, this is And more if it's still crazy. not making sense, get a kid's Bible. Right. And it'll give you yes. the summarized version. Yes. I mean, I just, I started reading these stories. And that was why Jesus talked in parables, mm-hmm. because stories start to grab your heart. Mm-hmm. So I started reading the stories, and I couldn't put my Bible down. And I thought, well, this is better than TV, movies, anything mm-hmm. I've ever seen, watched, or done. And I just was so captivated. But then I just started praying. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't move out of my bed. I just greet the, I say, mm-hmm. good morning, Lord. I mean, I'm just like, show me. I need to know you open the eyes of my heart. And that is a key. I started praying Ephesians 1, 17 over me. Father, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation so I can know you more deeply and intimately. Mm-hmm. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so I can know my true inheritance, my identity, so I can know the power that's in and for me. That's what I have, right? I want to know what I have. The power, you say, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in and for me. Mm-hmm. Show me that, God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally would just mm-hmm. be like, I have to know. So I think you have to decide I'm going to pursue and surrender my will, my mind. Because when you're a new creation, yes, you're a new creation. You have God inside of you, but you still have your old thoughts and your unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. your bitterness, your walls, your rejection. It's still all there. But guess what? When you seek God and you really read Mm -hmm. the word and take it in, it starts to change. Mm -hmm. Carolyn Leaf did a study on the brain and she said that all those pains from my past create thorn bushes in my brain. But as you renew your mind, they turn into soft leaves. Mm -hmm. So if you keep the thorn bushes in your brain, every time you remember that, it will cast and drop poison into your body. I like that. Mm -hmm. But the leaves, they keep you well. Mm -hmm. They keep you healthy. Creates new pathways. It creates new pathways. And Mm -hmm. so really, you don't even have to be like, oh, I'm going to renew my mind today. It's reading the word renews your mind because it's alive and active. And when you read it, you're encountering God. And so before you read it, you finally learn like, okay, Lord, I don't want to read this without meeting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you and I have like a lunch date and let's just read the Bible and hang out and (laughs) he becomes your best friend. Yes. So that's one thing. Um, The walls. Mm Mm-hmm. The walls, woo, you know, the Lord revealed to me I was protecting my own heart. Mm-hmm. And I had built this huge wall mm-hmm. to keep people from getting near my heart and being able to hurt me again. It was like, you know, no one's going to hurt me. Well, guess what? If you have a wall up, even towards one person, you're not really only blocking that one person. You That wall ends up being a barrier to mm-hmm. other people and to God. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It walls your heart. Suffocates what it does. yourself. Yeah, Yeah. your heart starts to become hard-hearted, gross wax is what Scripture calls it. And you think, oh, I can just be mad and bitter at this one person. But Hebrews 12 says bitterness defiles many. So those walls are so difficult because you want to hold on to them and you think that's your security. Mm -hmm. But God revealed to me this word, and I thought maybe someday I'll write a book on it. But it's, Sherry, you can live unguarded but perfectly protected. Mm. Wow. I said, okay, well, how, how, how? And it was Psalm 91, one, Mm -hmm. he who rests in the shelter of the most high. Mm -hmm. If you read that scripture and all the different versions, it basically says you'll remain stable and fixed Mm -hmm. under his shadow. Mm -hmm. See, like I don't have to come out here and build my own shelter. I already have one. All I have to do is run into it. Yeah. And it's restful. I'll remain stable and fixed. So if you're unstable, and you're not fixed, 
and you're not sure and you're like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. then do a heart check and say, Lord, am I in your shelter or have I built my own? Right. That's great. And we can be in his shelter even in the greatest of storms. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't mean that everything's going to just be perfect <laughs> and lovely and we can all speak Christianese. Like that's not it what you're say, talking though, about. It does say, though, no foe can withstand the shelter mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Right. No foe. Even in death, we have the helmet of salvation, which means you can't even kill me. Right. right. You can kill my body, I already but died. not my soul. Yeah, and John I says, I crossed out of death and unto life mm-hmm. when I got saved. Right. So really, I'm an alien, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I'm seated at the right hand with Jesus. Right. And so now my life is not my own. And you can tell when your life is your own because you react. Yeah. You know, this past week, I've had like a lot of struggles that I didn't even realize. And I caught myself reacting. And I'm like, that just means I'm not dead today. Yeah. Right. Right. We're called to die daily. We Mm -hmm. don't decrease. We die. Mm -hmm. Right. John decreased because his ministry went away, but we have to actually die. And Mm -hmm. so somebody should be able to kick us, spit on us, tell us we're ugly. And then we know if we're not moved, we're dead. Right. Yeah. And what does that mean? That means we're in the shelter of God. Yeah. That's great. I think it's David Platt that says it's a call to die, but it's a call to live. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's both. It's right. It's both. If you want to gain your life, you got to lose it. So are you able to quote that again? Or people have to rewind the unguarded. I can say it again. Say yeah. it again. Say it that, again. We need that as a, that's a quote there. You can live unguarded, but perfectly protected. You can live unguarded, but perfectly protected. That I have a book with, cover in mind. That is unguarded. That is so great. Do it. So you know, what happened was I took that scripture for guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. I took it out of context. And so, you know, in my early Christian yeah. days, I built this wall mm-hmm. to guard my heart so no one could get in. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Lord was like, that's not what that means. Yeah. That yeah. means like guard what you're taking in mm-hmm. so yeah. that you don't become desensitized. You know, yeah. do something you know, have a good filter. It doesn't mean guard your heart from people. Amy, one of her famous quotes to me is, um, we don't fight people, we fight for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right. say that all the time. Well, I see that in you. I see that you are people's biggest cheerleader. You know, mm-hmm. you're fine being behind the scenes or in the spotlight if you need to be, but you're for people. Like, right. I want you to feel known. I want you to feel valued. I want you to know your identity. And I want you to know I'm cheering you on. Yeah, I love that. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I just said earlier, I just thought, what if we all lived not to become famous, but to show others and make them feel famed, mm-hmm. yeah. valued by God. Which yes. ultimately points to his fame. Yes. Right? It yes. ultimately points to him. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to do any good deeds with his name absent. There's a lot of good people doing mm-hmm. good things. Mm-hmm. But the Antichrist comes to blot out the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So everything I do, I really want it to be in his name. So he gets the glory and not me and not Oh, some nice person. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, this is from Jesus. So to answer your question, Amy, how do I live this now is totally different than I used to. I actually walked through a stage where I felt really fearful of some people, like I wouldn't approach them, but God just kept increasing my capacity to love. And as he's increased it, I'll look at people and I just love them. Like the other day, I saw an elderly couple, they were getting out of their car and just really struggling and First, my heart grieved, like, oh, he needs help. And I start to go over there to help them. And then I saw that they were okay. So I just walked away. But I never would have seen that before. Mm -hmm. I would have been the one that walked by. 
And then last week I was at a restaurant and a man, an elderly man was with his wife and he literally just fell down in the parking lot. Mm. I just ran over there. He was trying to get up. He couldn't get up. I ran over there. I prayed over him. I helped them up, helped them to their car. And they thought I was crazy. But that's what <laughs> but love I bet does. it left a mark. Oh, yeah, it did. That's what love does. I'm just going to share with you a couple practical things. I went into Sprouts. I saw this guy and I just had him on my heart right off the bat. And I just said, hey, my name is Sherry. I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And I don't know why. And and he said, well, that's an odd request. My name is Cornelius. And I said, I feel like the Lord just highlighted you to me. So mm-hmm. can I pray for you? And he said, yes. And I prayed and and I said, I think there's something more. What is there something going on in your life right now that's really waylaid you and taking you off course? And he said, actually, his probably in his 20s, he said, I'm in kidney failure right now. Oh, wow. And I've like prayed for that man like almost ever since. Wow. But I think you just never know. Yeah, you never know why God prompts you to do that. And you might feel crazy. Like, and well, I'm, I'm in sprouts and I'm like, there's this guy just shopping for fruit. Yeah. <laughs> but I just he's in kidney bananas. failure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he yeah. just. He's in kidney failure. Like how many people are Mm -hmm. around you really hurting Mm -hmm. or they're really lost and they have no way out unless you be the hands and feet. There is no backup plan for God to get his work done on this earth. It is us. And if I could compel every believer to just love the person in front of them, Mm -hmm. love them. And through our ministry, we, we call it hometown missionary. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, be a missionary. You mm-hmm. don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Be the missionary. Like 7-Eleven, this lady, she's checking me out. And I finished my transaction and I say, hey, is, something, is there something I can pray about for you? And she's like, well, that's strange. And tells me her son just had a surgery and had his colon removed and he has to have a colon bag. And mm-hmm. I start to cry and I'm like, you're just, you look normal. You yeah. look like your life is fine, mm-hmm. but it's not fine. Not very many people around you are mm-hmm. actually fine. Mm-hmm. They right. may be coping, but they're not fine. They're not resting. Right. They're not having the peace of God because maybe right. they don't know him or maybe they don't know him as right. healer. And mm-hmm. I get the opportunity to intervene. And if I could release a million laborers, you know, I would, because God says he needs more laborers. And I would love for someone through this podcast to be compelled to just love the person in front of them. I think that's the word. It's being compelled. Yeah. That's how I feel often. It's I'm compelled like to where you can't, you you can't can't not, not, or you know, it's disobedience. But there's someone listening right now that's like, I want to do that, but it feels weird. And I feel like a crazy person and I don't know. And I would just challenge you if you're hearing this, you know, just be honest with people. Mm -hmm. Be like, I know this sounds a little weird, but I just feel compelled to tell you. Mm-hmm. whatever it is that you feel like God's telling you to tell them, you know, yes. and just I do think it. people have more respect for that than yes. we know. Yes. A great easy end from that is, you know, I'm practicing praying for people. I'm practicing yes. here from God. And suddenly you become like a student and you're not intimidating. Mm-hmm. Right. And the key is to come up under people. And I really struggle with that sometimes because I am so bold, but we have to become love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't just love. We have to become yes. love. We have to read the word so we can know God and become the word. Yes. And so I also good. know that these things are a result of Sherry's prayer life. We've asked together for the Lord to increase mm. our capacity to love. And that has been a pursuit in our prayers. Mm-hmm. Lord, help us. We know we need to love more. Everything always begins with prayer and ends with prayer because it's all about relationship. The overflow has to come from a prayer mm-hmm. relationship. And the, that's where it all comes from is the yeah. Holy Spirit. And so I, I just know firsthand that Sherry didn't wake up one day and just go out and start you know, doing these things. 
it's been a pursuit of our heart through prayer and the, and God mm-hmm. and then wa- walking in steps of obedient. And sometimes I know the stories of like, I was too afraid. I missed that opportunity. But just it's been a mm-hmm. process. It's been a walk. It's been amazing. And let's just flow right into resources. Um, I know you have favorite resources. And I want to say before you get to the ones that you'll mention, Sherry and her her ministry and her family's ministry, they create resources as well. She has uh, her own book that she's self-published called Stuck. Tell us a little bit about your resources and your favorite resources. We have a game called Truth or Trash, and you mm-hmm. can actually read the uni- reading plan on Uversion. We have Uversion reading plans, and we also have a book called God's Original Design for Youth for Young People to Go Through and Really pursue God on their own. It's kind of a prompting. Mm-hmm. It's not really telling you anything. It's just prompting you to seek mm-hmm. God. And I think that's really important. Um, trying to remember what else we have. Oh, we have a <laughs> CD. Uh, our prayer room produced a CD and it is awesome. Oh. I love it. It's so encouraging. It's called the Avoda Project Generation Rising. Yes. It's really encouraging. It's got the truth and identity in it. Yes. And we just make that the youth produce stuff all a music the time. You CD, can find a worship it. CD. Yeah. Icanministries.com. Yeah. It's a really ugly website. Uh, my daughter <laughs> is rebuilding it right now. So my one of my favorite books right now in the last couple of years has been Culture of Honor by Danny Silk. I just awesome. really think everyone needs to read that because it helps you understand people who don't have your gifts and helps you love better. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's done. And mm-hmm. you need those other gifts. You may not understand them, but you need them. We need all the mm-hmm. gifts. Walking in the Supernatural by Chris Gore. He's an amazing teacher. George Mueller. It's a YWAM book. Yes. It's a story. He is my all-time most inspiring man. I, I cry every four pages. You can ask my kids. George Mueller biography. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's the one by YWAM. Yes. It's called The Guardian of Bristol's Orphans. And Heidi Baker, Compelled by Love. Oh, she is um, deep. So... Mm-hmm. Sounds Obviously. like what we're talking about. Compelled by love. Compelled yes. by love. Yes. Oh, that's true. I'm going to yes. steal her title. Yes. This that's good. <laughs> that's good. Hands down leadership is Craig Groeschel's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so effective in a short period of time of delivering great content, practical content. You need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite teacher right now, the Bible teacher, is Robert Morris from Gateway. Mm-hmm. He is an anointed teacher. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Uh, music, Upper Room, get on their live stream or YouTube. And then IHOP KC, they have a prayer room 24-7. You can always hop on and even in other languages and just receive. I think it's important to have music that just pours over you so you can listen to God and you're not trying to sing and mm-hmm. worship. But you need to be a good listener. So mm-hmm. it's great. Love it. Well, you've shared so much encouragement already, but as we wrap up, do you have maybe a final word, something that you feel compelled to share? One last thing. I kind of have a list of last things. Do it. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it in God. So seek him first. If you're struggling, you're struggling to forgive, to live, you don't want to live, you don't want to die, you feel far from God. Or if you're just struggling with bitterness towards someone or offense, and it's just constant and ongoing, remember this magnify God. Look at him. Every problem will fade when you look to the one who fixes and restores everything. Mm. He's going to go beyond just making it better. He's going to restore it as if it never happened. And then secondly, be thankful. Put a journal on your counter. Commit to writing down things that you're thankful for all day long. It is a game changer, Mm -hmm. an absolute Mm -hmm. game changer. If you write it down uh, like a list of things when someone hurts you, you'll recognize that it's really small. Craig always says, will it matter in 100 years? When you're thankful, you'll recognize it's not a big deal. Your life is a speck of sand. 
please do not waste it being mad or offended and hurt Mm. and living in that constant because God has set you free and he wants to totally restore everything and set you on a new path mm-hmm. and guide you. And if he hasn't yet set you free, he wants to. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. If you're feeling far from God, go back and do what you did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Just go back and do what you did in the beginning. It's good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who God is, read the word, consume it, become it. Just go over it and over it until it's really stuck in your heart. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, read Ephesians. Read Ephesians for a year. Read it over and over and over and write down out of that, this is who God says I am. I am loved. I'm chosen. I'm a masterpiece. It's all in there. It's so beautiful. And let that be your life song for your identity. Mm. You did have a list. I did. It was <laughs> all very rich. Yes. So good. So good. So much resource here. So much love everything that she's sharing is out of personal experience and and just the father's heart that he he longs to to bless us to set us free he wants us out laboring loving others there's a lot to take out of this podcast (laughs) episode and um i'm so blessed to know you and call you sister and friend and we loved having you on this Mm -hmm. episode it's going to be one of the faves thank you i love both of you jenna really admire you i just see all the giftings that God's given you and he's positioned you in this season with a purpose Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. Yeah. You're making a huge impact. And Amy, I love you so much. You know, one of the things I wanted to say about you earlier is that when Amy and I, before we started praying together, I said, Amy, I feel like you need to know some of these things from my past so that they don't come up later. And she said, she who's been forgiven much loves much and there's mm. nothing I need to know because God took care of it and I want you to know that's the heart of Amy Groeschel mm. and that's the heart of God she didn't come up with that on her own that wasn't her mm-hmm. own will but you need to know that that if there's something in your past you're ashamed of that others shouldn't be ashamed of it mm-hmm. you don't have to carry that shame mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you've been forgiven much and so it makes you love much so mm-hmm. become love mm-hmm. yes amen Yes, thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, guys, thank you again for carving out a little time to join us as you go about your life and your week. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in the conversation notes at jenjewel.com slash the Messy Table podcast. As a side note, we work hard to keep this ministry ad-free so we can keep the main thing the main thing. So we get asked all the time, what can I do to help? If you're interested, the answer is really simple. If you want to help get these life-giving conversations into someone else's earbuds, simply share. Share with a friend, share on social media. Sharing is the best and easiest way to help us spread the word. We also love hearing your thoughts. You can find us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And if you'd like to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, this somehow boosts the visibility and helps other women not only find the podcast, but know that it's worth their time that's a great way to help. And we would so absolutely appreciate it because the truth is we are thankful for you. And as you go about your week and gather people around your own table, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.